We here at the Making Spaces podcast believe that politics are important, that they matter, and that you should care about it too. Even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president. Yes, those other names mean something, and they do jobs that mean something. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. From there, you can compare candidates based on stances on issues, biography, or endorsements, and then save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on election day. This election matters, so make sure you have a plan to vote and to vote informed. I mean, we know that this year has been crazy. The U.S. Postal Service is under attack. We all feel a certain type of way about it. So make your vote matter. Make it count. Make sure it gets there on time by going to BallotReady.org and entering your address to make a plan to vote and to vote informed. Be informed. Space makers, if you're like me, you like to have an accessory that stands out. So for me, I like a big, bold earring. And that's why I love the work of my co-host. She has an incredible handmade jewelry line made from recycled and repurposed leather. We are all about repurposing, friends. Her work you can find on Instagram at the J shop.thej. J, just the letter J. You can also find her work at etsy.com slash shop slash shop the J. And when you check out, use code MAKINGSPACEPOD for 15% off your purchase. I'm telling you, these are my favorite earrings and they're such a statement piece and people will be definitely making space for you in these. Hi, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Making Spaces, a podcast about making space both literally and figuratively for people in a time when we seem so separated and isolated. My name is Sarah Heath, and I am a pastor and a designer, and I am joined by my lovely host. Co-host, Josie, who is an artist and et cetera. <laughs> and et cetera. Guys, she's not kidding about et cetera. We're talking about like her Etsy page, which you heard about in our um, commercials, I hope by now. Hopefully, we've got one there out there for you. Um, she has the ability to design jewelry, paint. You do all kinds of things. Yeah, I try to, you know, not be boring. I guess. Is that what it is? Is about like avoiding being boring, or avoiding being bored is probably a better way for <laughs> me to say that. Uh, my friend always used to say, "Nothing's ever boring, just boring people." Right. And I'm not a boring person. You are not. That is true. Um, So this week, we are excited about the conversation. The conversation you're about to hear is with Billy Ann Dunn, who owns Bloom's Done Right. And we'll introduce her more later. But the conversation kind of went everywhere. And I wanted to kind of intro it a little bit. It was really great. It's so wonderful to hear about someone who didn't grow up necessarily with experiencing diversity necessarily or experiencing the like need for diversity and yet has really, really grown into that. Billianne is the perfect example of parents sending off their children to college and then complaining about how they were radicalized. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love that we were radicalized. Yeah, she really is someone who was asking a lot of big questions and not getting great answers um, when she was growing up. And so she just kept answering the question. As you watch, if you are watching this on the YouTube, guys, if you had a chance, um, I think they should make a drinking game out of every time you see Josie drink for no apparent reason. Like the Zoom camera kept deciding it was just going to 
focus on us, even if we weren't the person talking. So Josie has a big glass of, was it a margarita? It was, uh, honestly, it was probably sparkling water and vodka because my partner was not home. And if he's not home, I don't make fancy drinks. I just pour vodka in sparkling water. Well, all I know is that I think there should be a drinking game of you having a sip of that. And then also just randomly me just sitting actively listening, making no noise. I don't know if my eyelashes are loud. I don't know if my stomach was growling, but it's just great. So along those lines, friends, if you aren't watching our YouTube videos, we always post the interview on the same day that we post the podcast. So please go check it out. We really want to get you guys involved in this. Yeah, this is your podcast, guys. You are the space makers. We are working on Do It Together, which is definitely an ethos of Billy Ann that you'll hear in just a moment. Along those lines, we want you to leave us a voicemails. And you can a do voice that. voicemails? Leave us voicemails. Why you got to judge, man? Because it's funny. Yeah. The I, people deserve comedy. The people, uh, yeah. if they were in our office, they would constantly hear just comedy of me not having good grammar in speech nor in writing and I get paid to speak and write and give Josie your edits or your stuff for editing <laughs> edit this please Josie make this English do this please um I mean the number of times I yell how do you spell I love it I had a teacher once tell me that um people who can't spell it's a sign of genius I don't know. I'm a genius and I can spell. So I don't know what your teacher's talking about. Oh my gosh. Anyway, leave us. Oh my gosh. Leave us a voicemail um, because we want to hear about your favorite spaces. We want to be engaged with folks and we have, um, we want you to leave us a comment. We want to, yeah, we just want to interact with folks. We want to hear. Rate, review, subscribe. Okay. There's that. But also today's space maker, the first voicemail we want to share with you is Matt. So here is Matt's favorite space. Hi, my name is Matt. I'm calling from Downey, California. And my favorite space is Josie's living room. More specifically, Josie's couch. Um, I think she just curates not only a space that's very aesthetically pleasing. By the way, that col- the teal wall, it's great. Stop hating on it. But also... The, the space is just so filled with comfort and love, and you can, you can feel the friendship in that space. And I honestly really appreciate that. I have spent multiple afternoons and hours in that space, and it's one of my favorite spaces. throw a bunch of people under the bus like as I'm like learning because I think we're all on this like journey together um but I did see like a lot of people that I really looked up to in the industry really run into some issues when like all the Black Lives Matter stuff kind of came to fruition again so obviously just like the way that they responded or didn't respond but also then looking back at workshops that I've attended and other styled shoots that I've been asked to be a part of and things that really are very focused on in the wedding industry. They're just all, not all of them, but mostly white and like a certain type of person, like whether it be a floral workshop, whether it be a photography workshop, whether it be 
a styled shoot with 15 vendors all over LA and Orange County. It's like, how? How is this like, it seems almost intentional at that point. And so I think because it's so ingrained in arguably all of us, but specifically the wedding industry, it's like you have to actively work against those things. And you can say like as businesses, it's like, yeah, our clients hire who they want to hire, like, and they pay us. So like, why do, why do my clientele need to be diverse? Like they're choosing me. But I think people come to different businesses when they feel safe. Welcome to the Making Spaces podcast. I am Sarah Heath, and it is my absolute pleasure to be part of this podcast. I'm Josie, and I'm the other half. <laughs> oh, you're my other half. I like thinking oh, of that. I love it. All right, uh, Josie, will you introduce our first space maker? The first time we've interviewed together, this is a big deal, although it will be um, no recorded out of order. So it won't be the first one people hear, but you know, the first one we've done. So feel special. Cool. I feel very special. Super special. Well, today we are talking to the amazing, the beautiful, the lovely, the intelligent, Billy Ann. Wow. <laughs> Billy Ann is a amazing florist and amazing florist in SoCal. She does weddings. She does different photography installations. She does it all. Um, Mother's Day too, which, you know, if you're looking for flowers in SoCal, she <laughs> is an amazing space maker in that she wants to make a more diverse and a more inclusive wedding industry, not just for Making it not just for, you know, the beautiful white people you see on everybody's <laughs> Instagram. The beautiful white people of Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my question before we get started, just to get to know you a little bit, it's my favorite question to ask people is, where is your favorite space and why? So yeah. any space, you can take it any way you want to take it, but where is your favorite space Ooh. and why? Does it have to be like one answer? Can I do two? This is your world. We're just in it. Okay. I love it. Um, so first answer is just pretty basic. I'm actually sitting in it right now. Um, it's my little outdoor space that I created. I have like an umbrella above me, some cute like lights, um, and like a coffee table and a swing. And it was really important for me to make it for COVID stuff. I like literally put it together like a month ago because um, – I was starting to feel really trapped. And so I think that a lot of people can relate with all the mental health stuff that's going on during COVID. Um, it was actually something that I struggled with beforehand. And so it was really important for me to not just be cooped up in my house all the time. Um, and then also not feel so isolated because now I can like have people over in my backyard and we can socially distance and still talk. And it's great. Josie's been here. Um, I sure have. Yeah, Sarah, you're next. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so that's probably my like favorite physical space at the moment. Um, my favorite like non-physical space, I think, is just a really great book. Ooh, that is a great. I like just a really great book, guys. I'm yeah. really deep. I'm just gonna yeah. say that and drop it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty simple. <laughs> yeah, just a really great book is. I feel like it does transform you to a different yeah. space and place. And yeah, um, when all of this started, I started reading the Harry Potter series. Mm, I had I never read it, um, which is embarrassing for me as someone who comes from that part of England where they filmed uh -huh. it. Oh my like, gosh. I should, like, I should know, like my, the castle in my mom's town is in, in the movies and whatnot. And so I had this deal with myself that I couldn't watch the movies unless I'd read the books. So That's I read deal. the books. I like that. 
And you've never seen the movies? Me. No, no, guys, I'm old. Wait, like you've yet to see the movie? I have now. So I would read the book, oh, then watch good, the okay. movie. Read Got the book, <laughs> then watch the movie. And I but still have my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Only, like like within the last six months. But I'll tell you what, it did help me go through kind of it sounds silly like but the emotional idea of feeling isolated and all that kind of stuff so a book can a book can do a lot for sure are you more of a fiction person or are you more of a a non-fiction it depends what kind of headspace i'm in normally i would say non-fiction uh recently and there's been seasons where i kind of have to dive into something a little more uh not a little more fiction. I have to dive into something that's fiction and just a little less deep, I think. Uh, but even like the fiction books I read, like I have friends tell me like, whoa, that's like pretty heavy. And I'm like, no, it's chill. It's fine. It's fiction. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely, I prefer books that make me completely think about things that I just would never experience myself. Because uh, I think a good book should do that. So yeah. that's like a really good lead into you you know, here you are in Orange County, as Josie pointed out, uh, which can be a bit of a, what would we call it, guys? Someone give me its aesthetic. White, white, (laughs) white, basic, skinny, Botox, Mm -hmm. rich. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And basic. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. And so if that was what, did you grow up around here? No. So this is also funny. I grew up in the Central Valley of California, which is like conservative hub of California. I did not see that one coming. I'm not going to lie about that. No one does. But when it, like you realize like you're like, wait, why is she named like Billion? Like it's a pretty, I get asked like, oh, are you from the South? And I'm like, no, just Fresno. But <laughs> which is similar. Like, pretty similar. Yeah. A little bit. Very similar. A little bit. Um, well, Billy, um, I guess we want to know why you are the way you are. Oh. Why are you so passionate about <laughs> inclusivity in the wedding industry? What makes you tick? What's the background? Let us oh, know. My goodness. Why are you making spaces? Yeah. So I do want to caveat this with this is like a journey. Uh, it's something that I know I'm not perfect at and I like recognize in myself and my business. And so... I think it's really important for all of us to educate ourselves in like our specific industries. And then the wedding industry in particular is just a freaking mess when it comes to racial diversity, uh, sexual orientation, inclusive, inclusivity, and it's just, yeah. So I am the way I am once upon a time. Um, no, I, I like this book. I'm reading it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, And I think my parents would say this as well. And like people that knew me as a child, like I've always been just very curious, uh, also very, very rebellious. And so I think a lot of my worldview and my mindset has kind of stemmed from that, like curiosity slash rebellion. I think I was kind of told a lot of really simple answers growing up for a lot of complex questions that I felt like just didn't answer the questions. And so I've had these these just really big life questions my my whole life like I mean I was a six-year-old kid asking in Sunday school like about like why you know we believed that certain religions like weren't going to heaven and different things like that so we would have totally got along as kids oh my gosh I know so I was just kind of I mean I wouldn't say now I was a weirdo but like 
when I was a kid, like people kind of thought I was maybe a little bit weird, but, and then the, I don't know. I went to, a, a the same college as Josie, a very, is that where you guys met each other? Did you guys meet each other in college? Yeah. yeah, we actually worked together in a very in the very liberal office that we. Oh, so both in. of you did you also study art? No, I studied business, which is funny. I love that she went no. <laughs> <laughs> the, the polar opposite. Yeah, I wish I would have studied art. That'd been cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. And then the same. I mean, I went to college and I went to a Christian school and studied business. So it was kind of like the the two extremes of college experiences. But I still, like, had this, like, curiosity and rebellion, like, deep down in me that I had as a child, I think. And now I'm here. Like, just kind of. Well, that's a big jump. How did you get from business to being, like, one of the things I first remember when I first (laughs) met you was looking at your Instagram and thinking, this is one of the most beautiful graphic. Like, I love to see, like, the colors you use, the layers you use, the (laughs) even the way you set up shots and things like this of, of flowers, flowers, the thing yeah. that sometimes people don't notice as a, as a background to a wedding. Totally. How did yeah. you start doing that? Yeah, it's, it's kind of a weird story. I mean, basically I ended up accidentally enjoying it. Um, after college, I got into a job that I loved at first and just ended up hating. It, it was like an office manager position that I, just didn't really fit me. And so I'm having um, a really tough time imagining that, by the way. <laughs> it not fitting me or me being an office manager? No, you being an office okay, manager. Okay, that makes me feel that I love that <laughs> because, like, I feel like people that knew me, like, in college or knew me growing up, like, could totally see me as that, like, just kind of, like, business. Not Josie, business, what's your vote? But, like, having known her from college, could you see her in the office? Having known her from college, I think that the office would have to be the ones that she owns, you know? like. <laughs> I just, that really powerful female vibe of like, this is my space, but yeah. managing somebody else's space is definitely not something that I can see you doing. No. And I think that's like, when I, you know, was calling my husband crying after work, like every day and telling people how much I hated my job, they're like, um, duh, you hate your job. Like it doesn't suit you. Um, and I think it was for a small business that, you know, I was working for somebody else's dream. So I think there was this like deep desire in me to own my own anything. And then my husband and I were planning on getting married and I just started messing around with flowers thinking maybe I'd do it myself. Um, that's kind of like a stereotypical, like way people end up being wedding florists is like they do it for their own wedding. So I feel a little bit like, um, self-conscious about that, but I, I'm also the type of person that I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it so well. I was going to say you teach like how to set them up and you like so you didn't just like become like a florist you like oh like me i'd be like here's three succulents yeah oh, i mean i feel like i can arrange no i don't i don't know if i could or not but i, I feel like you like really study like you get to yeah. know the space you're gonna be in yeah and like i i am totally the type of person that just like when i dive into something like i dive into it like with my whole being and so owning my own floral company, I was like, well, I'm going to be the best florist ever then. So, I mean, I like practiced a lot, even before my own wedding. And my own wedding was a 300 person wedding with nine bridesmaids. Whoa. Um, So it was not like it was, you know, a backyard wedding. And granted, like I look back at the photos now, this was, you know, over two years ago. And I'm like, oh, like, yikes, I can't believe I did that. But like, it was definitely great experience. And like, I, it, I figured out that it was super therapeutic and it was something that like brought out the creativity in me 
that I had suppressed for like, oh, arguably my whole life. Like not, not specifically with flowers, but just with creativity in general and just kind of letting myself fly. And I think like being an entrepreneur isn't so much about like the business. I think it's just like about the freedom. So I don't know. That's kind of a very long-winded answer. No, but that's, that's beautiful and helpful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you go. <laughs> go. Okay. Well, what I want to know is what is, before we move on to the deeper stuff, but mm. we'll get there. Don't worry. What is your space-making philosophy with flowers? I know you have some personal ideas and some personal, yep. like, not just like, you know, where everything goes, but what you use. I know that you have interesting beliefs on all that. So I totally. want to know more. And I'm that was sure good when your friend says, says, you have interesting beliefs. Go. I know. I love that. Thanks. Do it. Uh, yeah. So I, this is actually the reason why 95% of my work is focused on weddings. I absolutely love weddings. I think they're the coolest thing. And they are such an important day in people's lives. And I think it's easy for wedding vendors to just come alongside and be like, okay, here's the centerpiece and throw it on their table. My like drive behind doing this business or being in this industry and doing my work the way I do is that I absolutely adore like getting to know the people super, super well. And like being able to reflect like their love for each other and like their personal just like preferences design wise into flowers. And like, I think flowers just like they, they make everybody so happy and they weddings can be such a like stressful thing that I feel like it just completely transforms like the whole day. But then when it comes to like the actual space, I just love like taking into account their personal story of how they like met, met each other um, any of their like favorite flowers. Like I've had people send me paragraphs of like why a specific flower is so special to them and their family and just getting to know those things and like realizing like, okay, it's not just a rose, like this is what it actually means. And then also like, I, I just love throwing in things that are like super unique that the couple totally doesn't expect, but because I've gotten to know them hopefully so well, I know that they're going to love it. And it's like, that's kind of my goal is like, I want to text message like a week later that they're like looking at their photos and they're gonna be like, Oh my gosh, did you put like blackberries in my bouquet? Like, I absolutely love that. How did you know <laughs> I would love like that? eating them as I went to blackberries. I know. Oh my gosh. They're like, I just, I don't know. I hope that answered your question, but I yeah. just love the people behind these events, these like really big events and yeah, being able to reflect them well is my, my thing, I think. So knowing their story and then building a space out of that story. Yeah. That's totally. beautiful. I I think what's so fascinating for for myself and Josie is that we were kind of talking about like why we would love to chat with you is this idea of you're you were killing it. You're killing it in that industry, <laughs> right? Um in so many ways. And yet you're, you know, as a lot of us hopefully are coming to a time of reckoning where we're noticing the places and spaces look a certain way. Um, mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that there is more inclusion that became, like you said, we're all on a journey. You're def mm -hmm. we're definitely, I feel like every day I learn something new and, and my circle just gets bigger of like, I have more to learn how to make space for people. Yeah. Can you talk about that moment when you realize the wedding industry really has, has some issues, I would say, and then kind of what those issues are. 
Yeah, so I think it's definitely, and I'm sorry for some of the noises, I'm outside, but um, I think that it was kind of a slow burn. It wasn't something that I like woke up one day and I was, I was like, oh shit, like we've got a problem. Like, I think it was something right away. And like, I don't want to, and this is kind of where my philosophy stands on a lot of things. Like, I don't want to throw a bunch of people under the bus, like as I'm like learning, because I think we're all on this like journey together. Um, but I did see like a lot of people that I really looked up to in the industry really run into some issues when like all the Black Lives Matter stuff kind of came to fruition again. So obviously, um, just like the way that they responded or didn't respond. Um, but also then looking back at like workshops that I've attended and other like styled shoots that I've been asked to be a part of and things that really are very focused on in the wedding industry. They're just all like, not all of them, but mostly white and like a certain like type of person, like whether right. it be a floral workshop, whether it be a photography workshop, whether it be a styled shoot with 15 vendors all over LA and Orange County. It's like, how, how, how is this? Like, it seems almost intentional at that point. Um, and so I think because it's so ingrained in arguably all of us, but specifically the wedding industry, it's like you have to actively work against those things. And you can say like as businesses, it's like, yeah, our clients hire who they want to hire, like, and they pay us. So like, why do, why do my clientele need to be diverse? Like they're choosing me. But I think people come to different businesses when they feel safe. And like, I realized I was like, I don't know if I'm like reflecting that the best way. Like, I don't know if my own portfolio reflects my heart for these issues. And so, yeah, it's just like, was a culmination of like, wow, either I need to get the heck out of this industry or I need to be a part of like the solution. Um, and I'm just not the type of person to, to give up. So hopefully. Right. Because change, I mean, like, you know? that's the fallacy of creativity, right? Like you create these spaces where you only hang out with the type of people that you're comfortable with, but we've all seen time and time again that we kind of, stick to our own type of people and a lot of totally. time our own types of people are our own races and our own yeah. faces right mm -hmm. and in the wedding industry when you see the cover of a magazine for bridal whatever it's always this beautiful white blonde woman who's a size zero and she's 100%. radiant and whatever but you hardly ever see people of color represented in the wedding industry in a way that is not tokenism or right. like oh look at them they're so ethnic right 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 yeah or like look at this it like it, it can it yes what if it's like a person of color but we're still saying like their body needs to look a certain way or right, right. they need to be a certain sexual orientation or have a certain amount of money like so yeah it's just it's there's a lot of issues so yeah, there's also like, I think about, you know, for me, having not ever been married, and I'm significantly older than you ladies, like, 
I look at magazines, I don't ever see anyone my age, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it becomes difficult to imagine something when you right. haven't seen it. And I think the same is true for ethnicity and for body build, for all these things. If you, if you, if we don't see it, we can't imagine it. Um, right. One of the things uh, a friend of mine led a thing in inclusivity and um, Miki Scott Bailey, she's amazing. And she talks about um, how when the people began to work on the movie um, for Black Panther, they made a map of Wakanda. That was oh their gosh. first thing they did because they needed to envision what this thing looked like before they could create right. it. And I think so often brides try to fit in. I think about all, you know, I can't even tell you guys how many people I've married. It's uncomfortable, the number of people I've married, which sounds like I married them, which can be really yeah. uncomfortable for people when you <laughs> run into them. You're like, oh, how do you know her? Oh, I mar she married us. And they're like, what? Is this some we sort of weird- appreciated our wedding. Thank you. <laughs> I am not part of your throuple, but, um, <laughs> but you do you. Uh, but I find that it's so many of them crash diet. So many of them are trying to have a certain look because that's what they've seen. Um, and that's what they think the day is about. And so, right. it, you know, and, and then you add in you know, LGBTQIA stuff and what is it supposed to look like and people being uncomfortable with it. So people can see it, then they can, they can see a space, even right. if it's in a photo, then they can imagine the space. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So that's super exciting. Now you mentioned economically, how does one even begin to make space for folks or be, yeah, or be intentional about what they charge or that. I mean, yeah. how, do, how do you get to that gap? Because that is right. a big gap. Who can afford is often the gate, right? Totally. Yeah, and I, it's, this has actually been something that I've thought about a lot because my background is in business. So my mind just kind of operates in money. Um, which is the opposite of mine or Josie's. So actually, <laughs> could you just be part of our lives? <laughs> yes, of your personal finance advisor. Mm. Um, <laughs> don't actually don't ask me. It's like I know all the right answers, but I don't do it myself. I'm like the worst type of person sometimes. But anyways, um, I have actually been pretty intentional with, I am, and I would say some planners would, ag would agree. I'm kind of, given as an option to clients as the florist who's willing to do smaller weddings and like smaller budgets. And the way I do that is not really, cause you, I mean, in any industry, you kind of have to be careful because you don't want to undercut each other and really create bad blood in the industry. But there's definitely, especially in Orange County, there is a culture of like having certain minimums for mm. different, um, different like, different vendors have minimums for different services. So photographer, florist, planner alike. Um, but especially with uh, floristry, because there is like a hard cost, it's not just a service, it's a service. And it's like picture your planner combining with your caterer. Um, so you do have to set certain prices, obviously, to, to pay your bills, to pay your business overhead, and to pay for the actual like hard goods that are perishable. 
Um, but what happens is there's a lot of floors who set a certain minimum that they're basically not going to work that weekend unless they make a certain amount of money, which is fine. Like we're all in different like seasons of our businesses and seasons of our lives and like have different priorities. For me, I know that it's very easy and I would almost prefer to have like a quote unquote smaller wedding um, or smaller budget. But what ends up happening is I just like, I assist them in DIYing some centerpieces. I am very... We would call that DIT, by the way, do it together. See, yes. originally <laughs> people are out there trying to do their own thing and you're like, I can help you with this. Yes, exactly. Uh, but also suggesting things for them to like focus their budgets on. And what happens is that takes a lot of time, like for people to talk to their clients and like before booking them to like advise them, like this is, these are the things that you could do. So I think what happens and what I've been told by other planners, wedding planners and other um, wedding couples that I've worked with that have ultimately chosen me to work with, is that they were completely written off by another florist. Like, oh no, that's not possible. Like, sorry, like here's a recommendation for somebody else. Whereas I, I very intentionally try to, unless I'm not available for their date, um, but like if they have like a budget that I'm like, okay, this doesn't, you know, like I don't know if this is gonna fit with what you want, but like let's focus on these key areas and like I'll help you DIY like this area. Sorry, these dogs are going nuts. I don't know where. They really like what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think part of it is that I, yes, I value my time, but I also like value people a lot and not saying that other companies don't, but maybe some other companies don't. Um, and so I have really tried to be intentional with doing that just so I can partner with couples who might not have thousands and thousands of dollars for florals. And some of those couples are people that have become some of my really great friends post-wedding and like They've referred me to other really great clients that are just literally a life goal is to make it on your Instagram feeds. I'm just gonna like <laughs> find a groom. I don't know where one get like I no, guess there's a meal. You order don't need system. a groom. I mean <laughs> for me, I mean I don't want to just be by myself with some flowers. That feels kind of sad. Um, I feel like <laughs> I love being by myself with flowers. Let's do it. It's fun. You can be with me. <laughs> I, yes. We'll be like that and people will be like that answers so many questions. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like people are, I think that's a, the thing that's true too is um, people tend to make assumptions and they make like this, this is what it's about, or this is how it goes or whatever it might be. Yeah. When you're meeting with clients and you're giving them that opportunity for their story to be primary and for their budget to be primary, um, there is that thing where the the visual of people then see that you work with people that are maybe different than the classic, um, whatever classic is in this area, mm -hmm. but the classic, and then that becomes a spot. I know for us in um, the church that I work at, people, it's not like we have a sign. We did have a sign outside, but the good Lord blew it down. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, it wasn't like we were like, hey, we're super inclusive outside like banging drums or anything. I think it's people once they like see a photo or around people who are talking about, oh, I had this experience with that person or that person right. really humanized my story or made me feel like there was a space for me here. And that yeah. does take time. You're right. I think yeah. that's important for people who are like, how do I become a space maker? The right. reality is by first noticing you're not uh, or noticing the places where there's more space to be made right. or had. Right. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the process of all of it because there was a time where I was like, I think you as, you know, a, a newer wedding vendor who's like faced with some like success, I guess, like you can start to get, I started to get like a little bit of an ego. Like, why don't these people want to pay like a lot of money for my services? Like, but the reality is like people have the money that they have. Like I, and I've heard a lot of florists that will say like, well, if they really wanted you and they wanted your style, they wouldn't, they would be able to afford it. Like they would make it happen. And I just think that's a, I, I think that's like not a very holistic way to look at people. Um, no, that's totally like this elitist. A little bit, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Misunderstanding of how money flows in right. people's lives in different stages and right. different socioeconomic statuses. Right. And I am trying to, and this will be a journey that I continue on for as long as I'm a wedding florist. I want to be on this like fine line of, I don't want to be known as like the, the cheap florist because even if I do something that might have cost less doing it through me than it would like a, either like a bigger company or just somebody who like charges more because they have to, it's not that it's going to be less quality. Mm. And I pour like everything, no matter like what, how much money the person spends on it. And so then that also takes like a lot of time and energy. And like, I want to value myself and my own worth. And so it's like this, this fine line to walk of like being quote unquote affordable, but not known as cheap because that's like a, you know, that's a, that's a right, culture. You're too. trying to give people that storybook experience that are come from different and not that like, you have to like go into debt. Uh, you know, right. the hope is not to put people into debt for one totally. day. That's, you know, when I meet with uh, couples, I'm always like, guys, let's be honest. This is a day. And I'm more concerned about what your marriage looks like than your wedding. But oh, I understand the, it's really easy to say that from a point of privilege where you could afford the flowers that look like the thing and do the thing, but there's always yeah. that pressure to do more. And thank you, Pinterest. We all feel like we yeah. have to have the oh, wedding of the century. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, why do you think having something beautiful, like, what do you think are the benefits of that? Like from a, like a creative perspective, both of you are such creative people. Um, I, yeah. I like to think of myself as a creative person. Like, what do you think the value of the space being beautiful? What does that do spiritually? What does that do mentally? Like, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Josie, do you want to, what, what's your perspective on that? I'd love to hear it. Well, um, <laughs> I love that you said this about, well, well, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> I'm on the other end of all this stuff. I mean, Billy Ann sets, sets the scene and I, as a photographer, take the picture. And there's a lot to be said about making a space look beautiful because you can walk down the streets of LA and however you feel about Los Angeles, there's some pretty nasty spots. But if you have the right photographer, you can make it beautiful and you can make an image that makes somebody feel like a million dollars no matter what shape size color they are if you know how to capture them if you do the the work to know how to make them look beautiful it can be life-changing for somebody I mean, yeah, because from a photographer's perspective, think of like the one picture that you use for everything that you, it's on your profile picture. It's your professional headshot that you send to everybody. This right. is the image that you think 
makes you seem a certain type of way and it builds so much confidence. So, but then making a space fit into that, it just is like fueling. Like mm-hmm. it makes you stand up a little taller. It makes you, and on your wedding day, I can only imagine how that would make you feel to just be surrounded by all of these beautiful aspects that you had hand in picking. And then you tr- entrusted somebody to fulfill that dream. Right. Yeah. I totally like, I resonate so much with all of that. It's like, this is, and that's, I just, I just love weddings so much because I mean, I think in every day, everybody has the dignity and deserves the, like you, you should feel special every single day, but your wedding day is like one of those things that when you look back on your life, it's one of the the top five days you're going to remember. And, or maybe, you know, arguably top three, I don't know, but I think I, I just, I want to be, and it, maybe it's egotistical of me. I don't know, but I want to be part of that. Not me, but I want my flowers to be part of that memory. Like I want my flowers to make people feel like, wow, like that designer made me feel special. Like my day was so special. And even if they don't even remember my name, I just want them to think like, wow, like I really want to look at a picture of my birthday. I don't think they're going to that- forget Billy Ann. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great, but like it, I, I just like that, that idea of like them feeling like, wow, like it's not just like a, a bouquet you picked up from any floral shop. Like it's like something that was so special about your day. And I think Josie, you could say the same about photography. Like some people could show up and just take photos, like, but there really isn't, it's art. That's really what we're talking about. Like, it's like, we're talking about it, but not naming it that, but it is art. Like, and I think for somebody to like think you are so special to like put so much like love and like care into like what they're giving you on your wedding day is just really cool. And I want to be part of that. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I think it's so admirable of you to not only deal with diversity and sexual orientation and race and ethnicity, I think it's so important that you are dealing with diversity and socioeconomic statuses. Because so many times there's so many people that just forget that that is part of the full picture of diversity. Like you can't just like black people that are rich and nice looking and you can't just like Mexican people that appear to be less than coming right off the ranch. Like some of us. Right. Um, (laughs) Right and like the rant. Oh my god, what does that even mean? Oh, that's a very <laughs> I know what it means. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I growing and up I in the Central Valley, I feel like I should. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's important, right? Like this notion of every every bride is worthy of having a wedding day that she wants. And where he wants or they want. Right. Yeah. And Amen. to be as somebody who is eventually going to have this big wedding and hearing like that florist is just writing people off. I know you can't say this, Billy, but I would say screw that florist, but for not taking that time, because I understand like as an, an as a fellow entrepreneur, I understand that you have time, but you didn't even hear somebody out. Like right. they, right. like you said, like these people choose you and they want you yeah. and you're just like, Oh, I'm sorry. You can't afford $10,000 of wedding florals. Guys, I went to that wedding. You're not exaggerating. It actually uh, was a date for a pastor who, believe it or not, um, who he was doing a wedding for a couple he had met only during their premarital stuff. 
and it was uh, they were executives at um, Microsoft, and they had spent ten thousand dollars on flowers. And oh, people spend way more than that. Well, yeah, this girl right. has never known the budget for flowers, so I was like, okay, if the flowers were ten thousand dollars, like how much? And they had the like food. I mean, how much is it? Yeah. It was insane. And by the way, it was a destination wedding where all of them were flown in for this wedding, including the pastor was flown in and then put in a hotel in Laguna Beach, which is fine and great. But that wedding and that actually the couple was a lovely couple. But you know what I loved about the couple was the the moments when people were, I don't know, honest about like they both came from pretty normal backgrounds and like one yeah. was from Minnesota and they were like telling that made me know them more than this like grand whatever of like right. all this stuff. And I think taking the time to know people and taking the time to hear their story and make space for what they're doing and who they are. If you could give us one kind of like tangible, like if someone's listening today and they have a company mm-hmm. that's either a wedding industry or really kind of any, anyone who does sort of entrepreneurial stuff, what would be like one tangible thing you could think about for making space for other people? Is there something, Billion, you could kind of share as like one thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think in every business, you hear all about customer service. And I think it's so much of like a, a buzzword that I don't mm. even, I don't even want to call it customer service. Cause I, I think it's just like giving people your time. And like, because with your time, like reflects your priorities, reflects the fact that you think that person has enough dignity to give them your time. And I've been guilty of it in the past. I've been super busy and somebody reaches out to me and they have champagne taste on a beer budget and I just can't deal with it. Like I'm not, I'm not perfect. Um, But I think every business owner just needs to ask themselves like, if you're, if you're not in your business for people, then you'll get companies like these, these huge corporations that just, you're another number to them. But when it comes to small businesses, like people, people run your business. Like that's, that's why you're in the business. That's why you should be. And so give the people the time, like treat them like my goal is that even if it's just over email, like I don't even have to talk to them on the phone or in person email and text, it's like, they should feel like, oh, wow, this person thinks that I'm their friend. Like this person, like, gives me the time of day. Like if a client texts me at 10 o'clock, and I'm awake, I respond. Because if my friend texts me at 10 o'clock, and I'm awake, I respond. Like, I just don't, Josie and I have talked about this quite a bit. Like, I just feel like there is this culture, especially in Orange County, when it comes to wedding vendors, that it's like, we just like have these boundaries and like, that's, it's like, you know, everybody's in different seasons of life and like they need that. But I just, I don't know. I think that, that people deserve your time. And if you can't give them to give it to them, like, just be honest with them. Like, not like, you know, I'm not going to give you my time, but like, you know, here's when I'm available. Here's when I am not. But when you're with people, you're giving them time. And I think that's hundred percent. That's a really helpful thing. Billion, how can people um, get in touch with you and your work? What yeah, is your Instagram? So, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, my Instagram is blooms done right. My last name is done, D-U-N-N. So blooms like the flower. Um, and you can email me at hello at bloomsdoneright.com or I'm super active on Instagram. So DM me or 
follow me, whatever. And yeah. Oh, I'm you hundred percent follow her. It is yes. the most beautiful and enriching Instagram I've seen in a while. Oh, yeah. If gosh. you want to just see all the richest, fallest, <laughs> oh, it's just like, it's like, Drinking hot apple cider. That's what I feel oh like God. looking at your Amen. It's so good. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Making Spaces. Hopefully, you will check out more stuff. You can catch all of our episodes on YouTube at YouTube dash Rev Sarah Heath um, because that's where the Making Spaces are right now. Where else can they find us? Just you can find us on Instagram. I am at Josie Takes the World. Sarah is at Rev Sarah Heath. Yep. You can also uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your other podcast apps. All of our episodes can be found at anchor.fm dash making spaces. And we will see you next week. Yeah. Please subscribe, leave a review, comment. We need all that. Yep. <laughs> please. We are really grateful. We have started this thing where we have now read all the comments. Some of them are awesome. Some of them aren't. My favorite oh, one no. was, we should burn down your church. That felt good. Which is fine. You can come try. And- My sermon's on fire. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Um, so we'll, so you want to uh, do the closing? We've been working really hard on this. So just like clap for us or something. All right. Ready? Ready. ready. See you next week. We'll be space. Well, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I love it. See you next week. We'll be saving a space for you. Thank you guys. Yay. Yay. I love it.